It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde live with you all on a Wednesday night talking Notre Dame football recruiting hope. Excuse me, not not recruiting right now, just Notre Dame football. Something just popped on my phone recruiting related, and that's why I said recruiting. But yeah, not no recruiting talk today unless that's where we end up. Don't see it happening. But uh, yeah, Notre Dame Clemson. Uh, we're going to talk with Tim Hyde, Blue and Gold Analyst, because... Tim was coaching in his own game this past Saturday, um, so he could not join us on our post-game show. Tim, how did that game go on Saturday? We played a Catholic state powerhouse, and it's one of those you battled your butts off. We're a little lake school, little cute and cuddly guys. We played our tails off, and and we lost in the final four. So it's two years in a row we've gotten to the final four, and we we can't get over the hump against these Catholic kids down on the street. So, but – we're, hey, keep chopping wood. So we're there two years in a row, final four. So you don't get rings for that, but we'll probably get a nice shirt. So there you go. I love it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, folks are watching on YouTube. Um, you know, you're watching back and listening via podcast. Appreciate you all of all of you just uh, making us part of your day, uh, whether it's morning, it's evening, it's afternoon, whatever it is. I'll just thank you for tuning in to this week's Notre Dame football show. Pod like a champion for the podcast audience. Um, yeah, Notre Dame dropping to seven and three. Tim, I feel like we just that Navy game just got played, and now we're talking about November eighth. Um, season is close to wrapping up. Um, is, is it is it kind of wild to you, Tim, that we're at this point? I'm sure soon enough we'll uh, we'll go back and revisit those five bold predictions that we did. And for a minute there, I felt great about some of those, and not so much anymore. Uh, which right. is to be expected. That's- yeah, that's why they're called bold. <laughs> bold. Heck, the one I I felt for the longest time is um, the jo- Joe Alt winning something, but with three losses now, man, do that. You know, do those those guys, the writers, they just go with someone at a school that's in the you know playoffs and whatnot. I hope not because he's been outstanding. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, we'll come back to our predictions. So those are always fun things to look back at after Stanford, but. uh Jumping into this game, man, it's like what? I mean, what? What the heck? So what? it's, it's, it's. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I've watched it multiple times, especially the last two. The last two nights, I've, I've been able to dive in. I had my game Saturday. I had a funeral uh, down in Boston. I had to go to my wife's uncle. 
and I had a great day Sunday with the family and that. And then Monday and Tuesday, been watching a lot of film, getting into it. Stayed away, didn't watch highlights, didn't want to see anything, wanted to watch it. Obviously knew the score and everything, but um, it's frustrating. It, you know, and the most frustrating thing is here you are, Notre Dame, you're down, you're down one, one score. And for 21 minutes, 21, the last 21 minutes, I think they scored with six something left in the third. So 21 minutes left in the game. I mean, you don't even cross midfield for crying out loud. So that's the thing that's the kicker. Obviously, there's been a thousand shows already here with Blue and Gold about it. Just, I mean, defense just kept battling, getting the ball yeah. back. And then, Dav- you know, Davo just went 1912 football. All right, just run the ball, kill the clock, punt. You know, you want to beat us, go 90. And uh, Notre Dame obviously couldn't do it. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not so much the last part of the game. It's the whole game in general. And for me, the most frustrating thing, I'll be honest, I'm going to my game Saturday, and you're seeing every other player from Clemson's out, right? And Cade Kublik's got the, you know, the brace on his foot, you know, 16 rolls of tape, you know, and he's a runner. That dude, if, if anyone's watching any Clemson film this year, that guy could run. Hell of an athlete. And that took him away. And then you start watching the game, and it's like, my God, all he could do is throw slants. He can't in zone read. He can't roll out. He can't do anything. And Notre Dame just cannot beat a team with what 10, 11 guys out. Yeah. That's that, that that's insane. And um, and my, you know, as, as we'll get into this, my biggest takeaway is two things. Offensively, how in the world does Clemson have their backup running back, who's a tank, 36 carries, and Audric Estime, who's national leader up there, you know. Could be what Notre Dame's uh, All American running back. They haven't had a lot of them in a long time. Gets touches the ball at twenty times, twenty one times. Are you? And that's including passes for crying out loud. Yeah. And just disappears the second half in a one score game. So you go twenty one minutes in a row in a one score game, and your entire offense just goes kaputs, which is crazy. And then um, the you know the last thing for me, well, it'd be a million things, but uh, the DBs. Clemson's playing with Barnes, the guy Notre Dame recruited for crying out loud last year. He's out there looking like, you know, a, a freshman All-American. The DBs are just all brand new and just – I texted you and Goolsby after watching it. I texted you guys this morning. Like To me, it looked like they were just toying with them. They're like baiting in, hanging out, floating with receivers. It was just it – was, it was crazy how Notre Dame could not attack a brand new secondary. That's the most annoying thing in that game. You have 30 passes, six of them. I use this metric all the time. Nick Saban uses it where he counts 18 yards, 18 plus as explosive plays. Notre Dame only threw six passes, 18 plus, six, completed one. Mm. Just a crazy, crazy day. And that's what brand new, and that's what I didn't get as I'm diving into all these numbers yes, and watching them. Yes, you have, you, Tim, you have dove into this and you hit your head on the bottom of the pool. Oh my god! Yeah, completely. I'm like, you got all these brand new guys, and all you and all you do, Mike. Oh my god, where is? It? I think it's 21 passes, 20 no 20, 20 passes, 10 yards or less, 20 passes, 10 yards or less against brand new secondary guys. Makes zero sense. So start flowing from there. All right. I, yeah, I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll start ranting for two oh, hours. I know. Oh, Tim, I know. I know. We could do the show about four hours tonight. I know. <laughs> I have to ask you first, 
Is the weather pretty nice up there this week in the Northeast? Because it, it definitely has been. It's been hot as hell down here. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I went outside at 725 this morning to start the car, get the kids to school. 19 degrees with the wind chill. 19. So What'd it get up to? Uh, maybe 40 by the end. We had a big Veterans Day assembly. It's 80 degrees here this week. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> born, born in Long Beach, raised all throughout Southern California. I'm sitting there talking to a bunch of vets today. And I'm just like, why, why am I in New England again? Why, well, why, why am I here? Last week... I'm wearing my bird dog's khaki pants and, oh, and nice sweatpants. And this week, you know, we're rocking the, you know, the nice bird dogs, you know, just super comfortable polo, short sleeve polo. Because no matter what season of the year it is, you're not going to take your bird dogs off, folks. It's a slim fit clothing. It's it's comfortable, flexible, stretchy. Um, really, all of those kind of... Um, like it's comfortable across the board. You're going to want bird dogs in your wardrobe. You got uh, the, uh, the stretchy shorts. You got the stylish pants. You got th this polo that I'm rocking. That's one of my favorites that I wear out on the road, um, you know, traveling for blue and gold all the time. Please check out the sponsor for today's show, Bird Dogs. Check them out at birddogs.com. Their shorts fit way better than the regular stuff you might be wearing, which is made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks um, just like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Head to birddogs.com slash BGI. Or enter the promo code BGI for a free hydro staff, excuse me, hydro flask style water bottle with your order. Um, so make a purchase and uh, use that promo code BGI for a hydro flask style water bottle included with you uh, with your purchase. So uh, check it out, birddogs.com. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Uh, so Tim, I'm not gonna lie, I was watching the 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 game and I, I was bored. It was a, that third quarter was miserable. I mean, it late third into into the fourth. It was miserable football. Both teams, and I said this on my uh, post game show with Kyle Kelly. We missed you, Tim. Both teams just were not interested, and in, and in, I felt like playing good football. Um, I I did not enjoy um that game as like as a spectator. I thought it was just not good football. Um, across the board. Tim, we already got a couple super chats we'll get to. John Massey says, some stats from my fellow uh, stat nerd, Tim, since Ohio State not counting pits. Um, yards slash, is that yard? Yeah, it's yards attempt, yeah. 6.36 tied 103rd, pass rating average 117th, which is tied for, or excuse me, passer, mm -hmm. rate or pass, passer rating average. Just type these words out, John, you're killing me. Average 117, which is tied for 100. Yeah. Third down percentage, 27.8%, tied for 127%. This is the thing, though. You can't not, like, you can't not count Pitt. You know, like, Tim, you gave a stat a couple weeks ago. You were like, all of the, let's do all of the Jack Cone stats except for the bowl game. And I was like, why wouldn't you count the bowl weird. game? Like, everything counts. You, you can't do since Ohio State but not counting the game that they played well in that. That is very much parsing stats, just doing stats to prove whatever point you want to make. So, oh yeah, no, a real, a real quick. My point with the, with the cone thing was just just sticking to the twelve games. I was just using regular season because that's where we were, you know, yeah. when Hartman and stuff like that. So I wasn't kind of proved your point better. You jumped, 
I, I digress. Yeah. Yeah. But you use that down the road. I was trying to, you know, use comparison of seasons and things of that nature, but real quick on the third down thing, it's funny. I got, I got, I got a whole like folder of, um, of Sam Hartman notes from, you know, when he, you know, committed and, you know, signed to Notre Dame and all that stuff. So I was rummaging through all these notes here in the last couple of days and he brings up third down, which is crazy at Notre Dame. Do you know he was last year, third down passer rating? He was fourth in the country. Fourth. And it's like the top three ahead of him were, were Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Sam Hartman was fourth. So it's just wild what is happening at Notre Dame, you know, with this offense, this passing attack. Um it's it's crazy. I I posted on the board and I got a little sticky note here that you know I'm I, I would love to know because I think Freeman said something during spring, if I remember right, where they were talking about the wake offense and trying to compare things with Hartman. And Freeman made it sound like they didn't really watch a lot of wake film. And I'm like, now that I'm looking back, and I, like I said, I'm going through all these Sam Hartman notes I have, his strengths, you know, were you know, what is good things, bad things were at wake and all that. And it's like, did Gino his quarterback coach and did uh, Parker, the OC, did these, did these guys sit down and be like, what did this guy do for the last couple of years at wake that we can incorporate to have success? And it's like nothing, <laughs> everything that he was good at back shoulder fades. Has anyone seen a 20 yard back shoulder fade? He threw half a dozen every game at wake. Does anyone see just stop routes? I'm talking Hartman was outstanding, 15, 18-yard stop routes, and he would just, boom, drill teams with it. None of that at Notre Dame, none. Uh, way more waggles, pulling guards. People want to talk about play action. My biggest beef with play action, I'll get into it right now, is every single time Notre Dame runs you know, their pin and pull scheme, let's just stick in one scheme where they're pulling, you know, three, four dudes. Mike, there's not a damn pass off of this one time. So guess what? Every single linebacker and safety in America that's going to play Notre Dame, they see one guard turn his, you know, hips and pull, they fly downhill because there's nothing, there's no threats. So this is what's so maddening when I hear, and I agree with fans when they're saying there's no play action, no play action. Exactly. There's nothing off some of these, polls that they do all the time so i'm just using that as an example with play action and how it's even amazing that notre dame's even running the ball as good as they are because they pull 11 dudes know it's a run and they attack the living hell out of the line of scrimmage and for notre dame like estimate to rip off the runs that he did kudos to that guy the other day because notre dame shouldn't even get a damn yard running the ball because there's no threat of anything else out there in this offense tim if you had to make a pie chart of blame for the lack of success for the Notre Dame offense, well, first we would have to come up with the figures on the chart, right? Jared Parker, Marcus Freeman, and then you would go to each position groups. I would say you'd probably go position groups like rather than specific players of the position sure. groups. Sure. What would you say would be like the top three percentages? Like who gets the most blame for it? That's, kind of put you on the spot. Yeah, I thought zero about this. Um 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sounds like you put Parker up, probably number one. Yeah, just, yes, just because it's like, it's going back to my point I just, I said two minutes ago, it's just like, did you guys see what he was good at? I mean, it's fine. I just Googled Sam Hartman's name again the last 48 hours. And it's like every single article, the national media, every single, oh, he's our top transfer guy. He's either number two. He's a top quarterback. He was all ACC. Look at his stats, all those things. And we could talk about for, you know, 13 years about Wake's offense and things of that nature, what he did there. But he was damn successful at things. He had two, 2021, 2021, 2022. Wake Forest was in the top 10. So. I love Dave Clawson's a hell of a football coach. Damn good coach. Sam Hartman was a damn good quarterback. Mike, they're in the damn top 10 at Wake freaking Forest. So obviously Sam Hartman does good things. So why is there nothing what he did at Wake incorporated with Notre Dame? That's why I would say Parker's got to be number one. And even man, I, 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 I bang my head about Marcus Freeman sometimes because it is so freaking conservative if they play a team that's ranked, we're like, oh, man, whoa, whoa, we got to be perfect. You know, we can't do nothing crazy. We got to do this and that and that. Yet he says in his um, press conference two weeks ago, I think it was a Horka question, actually, where he's talking about, yeah, you know, we could be more aggressive. We're going to take shots down the field. Remember when he was talking about that? Take shots down the field because we have such a good defense. You know, we could risk things. Then you go to Clemson. They're playing nothing but freshman DBs, and you throw six passes deep? Six? So. Parker's got a chunk. People are people are in the comments are saying throw up Notre Dame administration. I mean, uh, I, I I'll say at, that, at what point at what point if you keep going up that does it get to past the Pope? You know, like you know. I, I mean, hold on, hold on. Let me, just, let, me, let me just jump in there real quick because I've seen a ton of this on Twitter and the message board and all this junk. You know, trying to blame you know, the administration for the Andy Ludwig thing for crying out loud. It's like, first off, Andy Ludwig was his third interview. So it's not like he was the only guy they went after. He was the third interview. So 
let's remember that he had two, you know, they had Sean Lewis who went to Colorado and uh, the Kansas state guy interviewed before Ludwig came, came aboard. So, um, you know, you know, Ludwig's a hell of a coach that the lawyer stuff, the contracts, we could get into all that stuff. Me personally, I think at the end of the day, he remember he went home. Was that Super Bowl weekend? It was, I think oh, it was Super man. Bowl weekend, right? Because uh, you know, Whittingham's uh son was at the game, remember? And they were he was he says, told Ludwig, let's wait till Monday and we'll meet. I I mean, I, I mean Ludwig was not gonna leave. I mean, when he says he wasn't gonna leave, I truly believe that because you know, people could sit and say, I and mean, we could rehash this thing a thousand times. I think it's a waste of time. But um, yeah, I blame the administration for what? They're not calling plays on third. Hey, another thing. It, it's third and eight, Mike. It's third and freaking eight. They release five guys. Four out of the five run passes short of eight yards. How? So that's Father Jenkins. Father Jenkins is, is the blame. Four out of five guys, multiple, multiple passes. Four, three, four well, guys out of the five are, are not running even to the freaking sticks to get a first down. Right. To play devil's advocate, it they could have ponied up more to hire someone who wouldn't have called those plays. I think that's the point that the fans are making. Man, I, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and bang my head against this thing going back to February for crying out loud. It's like, Ludwood was third choice. You could read whatever you want to read. Multiple reports are out there. Like once they got into the contract talk, and and the buy. I mean, first off, what was it two and a half, three million? His O line coach, another an O line coach for a million dollar buyout. It was going to be over four million dollars for a buyout. Sure, Notre Dame's got money. They got Pope money, as Singer just said. You could you know open up the you know the safe and get some old gold from two hundred years ago. Buy it out. Sure, you could do all that stuff. Ludwig said he's fine. He's staying. I mean, his personal, you know, and this thing, I've coached a long time. I've been around a lot of coaches that have left places, stayed at places, turned down contracts, all that stuff. I have a close friend who's in the NFL as an offensive coordinator who turned down jobs the last couple of years to stay with a certain head coach because that's just where he wanted to do, you know, you know, wanted to be at the end of the day. So when a coach says, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy where I'm at. If he truly wanted to leave Utah, Mike, Mike, if he truly wanted to leave Utah, he would have left Utah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's that my personal belief. Could have Notre Dame paid, tried more to get him. I, I, I don't know. But he, I, I do think he wanted to stay where he was. Uh, he had the opportunity to go when he did when, not. When it's third and eight and everyone's running five, six-yard hitches, how we're the hell are you going first down? Yeah, we're not talking about Father Jenkins in that point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, to, to kind of put a bow on this, you know, I think the top three would – Again, I just kind of thought about something in my head would be probably um, Parker Freeman because he's the head coach, right? If things aren't working, you have to talk about the head coach. And then, uh, look, Goolsby brings up a good point with like the the receipt. Like it's a young receiver group. Like they're, I don't think they're getting it done. So. But still, I think I'd probably put them like fourth. I'd put Hartman probably third because, I mean, he's – he. I mean, dude, you can't throw a pick six. No. I mean, you, the, you well, can't not, that. not only that, it's you a – overthrow it was, like as much as he's doing right inside now. and stays. I mean, this is why I put Parker number one. First off, the whole fourth quarter, they're going four wides with stays as a slot. It's like, what the hell are you doing, guys? Can you put someone faster? Nothing – 
I mean, Holden stays, Hartman lays him out. I, I mean, like, I thought stays was going to break his back on the one that Hartman over, you know, overthrows him and Holden gets crushed. The pick six, Holden runs a nice route. He's got his hands outside and Hartman throws it inside. Hell, I would pick six that thing. And you throw it to the best backer in the country. That's a cakewalk. You know, the guy could have backpedaled him. It was so easy. He almost kills Tyree on one. He has phase on, on the slot, on the slot, um, the slot fade, which, you know, you got a lacrosse player trying to catch a fade as he turns bad. It was a horrible ball. Um, but then Hartman, if we're talking the whole entire season, has not been horrible. So that's the thing. It's like he's had 10 games and, you know, ESPN, their QBR metric is, you know, goes up to 100. 70 is a metric for winning football. Hartman's 70 plus in seven out of the 10 games. He was 80 against Ohio State, for crying out loud. So he's had three really bad games, or two, really. Duke, he was right under 70, but obviously he had the winning drive. Louisville and Clemson, he was dog. It was horrible, beyond bad football. But he was also that at Wake at times, too. You know, we talked about this in the offseason multiple times, and, and, and Goolsby did as well. Like, he's going to have some of those games because he's not a second-round pick. He's not a third-round pick. The NFL told him to go play another year, and that's what he's doing. So Sam is who he is at times, but also the reason why I truly don't believe we've seen him enough is wide receivers. Sam Hartman would chuck it up, would throw, as I'm saying, back shoulder fades, 18-yard stop routes for first downs. I mean, who would think that Wake Forest has better dudes? And they do. They, their wide receivers were electric when you watch yeah. them. And it sucks for Notre Dame because, go back to the spring, the spring for crying out loud. I wrote, this, here's a sticky note right here, a little blue stick. Who's the X receiver, meaning the boundary? Who's the go-to guy, Mike? We thought it was Caleb Smith, the six foot four, 230-pound Miles Boykin guy out of Vautech. He quits. Jaden Thomas, they moved there. I mean, he's played as much as us for crying out loud the last, what, five, and six Colsey, played more than Colsey. Exactly. Colsey. Then you got, um, obviously, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Styles is the slot. He leaves. You just get all these long line of wide receivers. And then go back to your point, the, the freshmen. You know what's crazy? You know what? You know what player leads Notre Dame in snaps the last three games? Jaden Greathouse. I was going to text you the other day. I'm like, hey, is he playing? He's played in three straight games, Mike. He leads the wide receivers in snaps, zero catches, mm. zero. Rico Flores just passed Tobias in snaps for the whole season. So really, you got two go-to guys or true freshmen, which if you go back to all of our talks, me, you, and Mike, and anyone else that talked in the offseason, those guys are possession guys. Once again, I got ripped apart at the spring game. Oh, my God, Jaden Greathouse is Michael Floyd. The guy caught 10 hitches. So that's, you know, he's a hell of a football player, but he's not this Michael Floyd, Golden Tate guy. Enrico Flores, for as solid as he is, and he is a solid wide receiver, he's had to lead the freaking team in snaps. That is insane. And now you got who is literally the best football player every time he touches the ball? Jordan Faison. Mike, I mean, Jordan Faison touches the ball. And this goes to another point I mentioned earlier is I'm just rattling off right here, Mike, is you need to pass. You could – Notre Dame cannot they, – they do not have the ability to just put four wide receivers out there because they don't trust Faison and Tyree to be on the field at the same time. Why? 
Who is faster than those two guys on this football team? Nobody. And they don't play them. I, I, man, it, it is wild to watch. Because even in the USC game, it's a blowout. Defense special teams set up things. Notre Dame, and they got easy drives. They took care of business. Pitt was just a bad team. Notre Dame annihilated them. NC State, remember, they had six three and outs. But then once they got the turnovers and they just steamrolled them in the fourth quarter. But then, man, when you go against anybody with a pulse on defense, I mean, it's it's the craps. Outside of Ohio State, Ohio State was an efficient offensive football game from both teams, even though the points were down, right? They both teams member missed fourth down stops. And the, I mean, that game could have been 31 30. So, missed field goals too, didn't Yeah, missed field goal, but just the, yeah, exactly. The efficiency getting stopped on downs. That game is 31 30 when you, if, you know, if they punch it in, let's just say. Yeah. It's one of those Miami classics from 1988, Miami, Notre Dame. But Duke, Louisville, Clemson, a defense with the polls. This offense just plays shell shock. They look scared. I don't want to say scared. They just play so freaking conservative. And then you cannot, you cannot do any play action and you want to run the damn football. It's it's crazy. Tim, can you do do, I need a favor from you? Take a deep breath. I'm gonna hit mute and have a drink. No, 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 no. Yes, just I just need a deep breath. I just I can't have you combust on the show right now with with <laughs> I need you, you know, I need you for that next half hour. Um, so don't get too worked up. There you go. There you go. Um, quick super chat from Trash, um, who says, On my Christmas list, I want Mike Singer's patience, Mike Singer's wisdom, and Mike Singer's dashing good looks. Love Notre Dame and love bleed, love and bleed blue and gold. Trash, appreciate the five dollar super chat. Oh, I misread. He says, Singer's patience, Tim's wisdom, and Ghoul's beast dashing good luck. So I thought you said me for all of them. Um, but yes, I agree. Um, Trash, that's on my uh, Christmas list as well. I don't know who the Singer's patience guys. How about Lou Samoji's patience? Because that guy um, was patient as they come. All right, folks. Uh, Ross, don't you worry. We got a lot more time with Tim tonight. So he's going to roll. Uh, but we also want to uh, let something else roll real quick and that is you guys hearing about another sponsor for today's show um barb stevenson one of the more unique sponsors and just a a unique uh business for you guys to learn about um especially with the holiday season rolling around and if you are looking for that perfect holiday gift for the notre dame fan in your life or even yourself barb stevenson art guys you're not going to find anything like barb stevenson arts um, so this is, this is definitely a sponsor that you're going to want to learn about. Take note here. It is your premier destination for stunning pen and ink, a limited edition prints for that university of Notre Dame that you love so much. Barb is a South Bend award-winning artist who skillfully captures the essence and beauty of Notre Dame's campus through her, uh, intricate pen and ink prints which she meticulously enhances with hand-painted metallic gold accents, making each print unique and one-of-a-kind. And now she's added two fantastic works to her fabulous collection of limited-edition prints, all of which she's offering to our listeners here um, at Blue and Gold. So folks watching on YouTube, um, you see it on the screen. If you're listening via podcast, up on the screen we have the uh, uh, fantastic um, uh, print of the uh, Golden Dome. And then there is also... 
um, which he calls the ROTC collage with several landmarks um, on campus. So to purchase, and there's also a couple other prints as well. You have um, another shot of the Golden Dome um, and then another print with uh, several um, landmarks of campus. So um, to purchase or view her art, check her out, barbstevenson.com. That's B-A-R-B-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. Give her a call, 574-210-8388. Order now for the holidays and receive free shipping anywhere in the continental United States, barbstevenson.com. All right, Tim, brother, are you back? Are you refreshed? Yeah, I just, yeah, I got, um, you know, let me, you know, let's spend a few more seconds on the wide receivers because this is, these are fascinating numbers right here. Yeah, let Hyde rant. I'll rant. I'll rant. <laughs> oh, man. So we got, I mean, obviously the schedule changed. You know, people didn't like when I mentioned the first four game was scrimmages. I called them scrimmages because this is a damn good Notre Dame football team. It's a good team that has a legit shot at going to the playoffs. You got the first four games. Get ready for the mighty Buckeyes come to town. So since Ohio State, Ohio State to Clemson, Notre Dame, is this a Hartman thing or a wide receiver thing? And I'm saying 91 targets, 91 targets to the wide receivers in the last six games, Mike. 49% have been caught, 45 out of 91. So you got a wide receiver unit that's catching, let's just say 50%. 50% of the times the ball's thrown to them. That doesn't mean it's hitting him in the chest. That doesn't mean, you know, it's right on the spot, Hartman's money and things of that nature. It's not. So is it just a group that just doesn't, I don't want to say get along. It's like work together. And that and that goes back to these injuries. You got to remember, after Ohio State, as they got rolling, you know, they uh, before, uh, who they play next? Duke, right? It was Duke. So remember, they didn't have Thomas and Greathouse. So going into that Duke game, Thomas and Greathouse were one, two in catches. Yeah. They were the top two receivers after their Hasn't first five. Hasn't been the game. same since. Hasn't been the same since. Those were his guys. Those were his guys that he trusted. He hit. And then all of a sudden, Rico's thrown in the first series. Rico doesn't even react to the ball. Hartman throws a pick, and it's just boom. You know, the, the crap show begins in the Louisville game. So since Ohio State, you got 50% of the targets to these guys are being caught. And that is obviously a combination of trust, a, you know, feel for one another, constant guys mixing them for crying out loud. we got a lacrosse player out there. It's like as good as an athlete he is, he's a lacrosse player. Uh, it's hell of a high school football field if guys haven't watched him. And then you do have Hartman that is inaccurate. There was passes against Clemson. He's got great house, and it's like, you know, he throws it over his head on this one. And then this one's a bad out route. And the one ball, uh, two to Tobias, just blow me away. He had that. It was late in the fourth quarter, the one out route. If you go back and watch the TV copy, there's dude, there's Clemson guys on the sideline, and they get big eyes. They're like, that guy didn't catch that pass? And I'm, Mike, I'm going micro slow-mo on my YouTube TV here, trying to be like, is that ball thrown out of bounds? It's right on the money, and Tobias just doesn't even catch it. Then the fade, if people remember, God, is that the la second to last play of the game? Maybe it is in the last series. I, I got it written down. I forget. The fade that goes to Tobias, almost 40 yards in the air. Not that that's the game winner now. How the hell do you make no effort to make that catch? I don't it understand. It's kind of weird. 
that was like, dude, I went back and watched that thing 18 times, and I'm like, is, are we missing something on that play? Because yeah. that's what I what thought. It's almost not, like, is it, is it the angle? Heck? Is it like the angle that's kind of fooling your eye? Even the DB was like, holy moly, thank God. You know, and guys are on this, once again, Clemson sideline with big eyes, like, ooh, we caught a break there. So, um, and, you know, those are just two plays and a thousand others in that game that were a complete mess. It was just, it's, it, that was a mess, but it's also, the Louisville game, you know, Duke, you know, Notre Dame played their butts off against Duke and then it hit a tail spin once Duke started getting some mo- momentum, obviously. And then Hartman took, takes them almost a hundred yards to win it. So it's just, you know, that stat, once again, when you're going that 49% targets caught, is it the wide receivers? Is it Hartman? It's obviously a combination of both of these units, young guys, guys that have never played the position for crying out loud. And and I think for Notre Dame fans, that's what sucks when you watch Hartman and Hartman could throw balls blindfolded up to his guys, do 50-50 balls to all these wide receivers at Wake, and they would just go up and go make plays. And we don't see the, hey, I'm going to just toss you up a 25-yard lob ball, 25 yard lob yeah, pass to get it. And that's so, what's frustrating. There's so much of this where you, you talk about one figure in uh, of like, all right, so we're going to talk about the passing offense and why it stinks because the running backs, we're putting zero blame on them on the offense. They're great. The running back. Uh, except, room for is the pass prote- except for the pass protection. Okay. Except, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh except God. for the running back pass protection. What the hell was that? In terms of running the ball, they're no, great. It, Offensive it, line. It's all, no. it's all together. There, there, there's a handful of plays, especially when they show the end zone copy, you know, you know, from Hartman's butt and you see Hartman looking at multiple guys and then no one's open. And then Coogan just gets bull rushed. Zeke gets tossed 15 yards back. The, the pain is, is the go-to third down back, right? He is this year's, you know, what Dave Meggett, the old, uh, great football player in the NFL, you know, your old typical Lionel James for the charges was the third down back. He's the Notre Dame third down specialist. And he comes in and whiffs on two sacks, like atrocious. So it's a group of everybody. So let's just throw it all together. That's kind of my point here. Like if you look at Hart, the lack of success for Hartman, you can look at the other two people for why he is struggling at times. The receivers aren't getting open. You know, the, the play calling is not, uh, you know, put, uh, highlighting his strengths as much. He doesn't have the downfield threat. And that's not to excuse some of the dumb things he's doing, right? Because then you can look at the receivers and they're, you know, we, we don't think that the play calling is helping them out necessarily. And then, yeah, the quarterback isn't helping them out. You know, we're throwing pick sixes. Um, pick six and then all those the receivers, we can kind of give them a pass in terms of how banged up the group is. And then you look at Parker and it's like, well, I can do anything calling plays or formation wise, but if my receivers can't get open and my quarterback's throwing pick sixes, what the hell am I supposed to do? So it really goes back to if you're just going to single in on one person, one unit, I mean, there's there's so much more context to to this. It's like a car, you know, if your alternator breaks down and everything else in your car is great cool try you know driving on the freeway with no alternator or your alternator not working it's not really going to run well so there's just a lot it's just a perfect bad storm for notre dame offensively there's nothing and there, you nothing know and there's, and there's two plays instantly that come with tyree you know when they go quads they go the four 
and they have the blocks out there and, and Hartman throws it behind him. It's like, dude, I, I, I lose my mind, at, you know, where I coach and a guy can't throw. It. It's basically a bubble. It's a line pass right down the line. He throws it behind Tyree, the Clemson guy as fast as could be because they're crazy speed out there and, and he gets nothing. And then there's another one where a crosser, if you guys remember, Tyree is open on a deep crosser, which I'm saying was one of Hartman's strengths at Wake, which it was throwing those deep bend routes. And he throws it behind Tyree. And it's like, so there's multiple times where, I mean, Hartman even said in his press conference, which was like, which, I mean, he just came out and he just said he sucked. You know, he was horrible. Yeah, you were 13 for 30 against freshman DBs. I mean, for crying out loud. So, yeah, he was off. Guys weren't getting open. Um, on the pick, he turned and throws it to, to stay so quick. If you watch it, all he has to do is read the damn corner. The corner squats. The safety is trying to get over the top to Tyree. He sits. Tyree probably has a walk-in touchdown. If he just goes one, two, and throws it deep, it's an empty for crying out loud. So you know there's a blitz coming. Lob it up for one-on-one -on -one football. We don't get any of that stuff, this, uh, especially in the last six games. You know, it's yeah. easy to throw lob balls against Central Michigan and Navy, which they did and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's been frustrating, and here they are sitting at nine and nine and three. Well, not yet. Which is where I mean, we're, seven and three. No, right, exactly. we're going to get the knock on wood, Mike. We're going to get the potential of nine and three shortly. Um, and kind of that that big picture outlook um, as we continue on in today's show. Uh, we do want to hear from our, our third um, sponsor for today's show, and that is uh, Rogue Shop, the husband and wife outfit. is Mr. Rogue um, and his wife, Shara Craft Cannabis Farmers, who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. Um, I've, you know, tried out some Rogue Shop products. Uh, my wife has as well. Um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The, the cream for, for rubbing my wife's back. She loves that. So my wife is a happy customer and that makes me a happy customer. Um, and my dealings with Mr. Rogan Shaw are fantastic people as well. Um, and, uh, pretty big college sports fan as well. So, um, head to their website, rogueshop.com. Uh, you can get in the live chat function to answer, uh, so for them to answer any questions, um, that you have. It's a local business, a small business, the farm and grow everything themselves, do everything by hand, sell all, all sorts of stuff, folks, CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, hand creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps. Um, if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress issues, at least inquire about rogueshop.com um, and use promo code blue and gold for 10% off your order, folks. That is just one word, um, blue and gold. Check it out. Um, at rogueshop.com. So there it is, folks, rogueshop.com. To get 10% off your order using that promo code, blue and gold, um, yep, check that out, rogueshop.com. Tim, you, uh, got, yeah, you got 30 seconds, bro. I got 30 right here. It's really easy, you know, because Parker obviously is getting raked over the coals and stuff like that. There are a handful of great plays he, he calls. It's like, you know, the one where they had to settle for a field goal. He's got on the speed out to Rico Flores – how the hell did Sam Hartman not throw that ball? It's like he's wide open and then he sets his feet and he's got great house open. And he throws it in the 16th row. He looked like pine versus Stanford last year where, I mean, there's two touchdowns on one freaking play and Sam Hartman just wets the bed. And then obviously the, 
you know, the Navy pass, the Tyree versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know, the uh, was it uh, Payne uh, when, when he re- releases out and uh, Xavier Thomas tipped it. It's wide open for a walk-in touchdown, and Hartman, same as against Ohio State, just can't get the damn ball over a six-foot-five DN. So, Sam, are you okay, bro? Dude, I've never seen you like this. It's it's frustrating, Mike, because I'm sitting there and I'm watching the. It's like, dude, it's a walk-in touchdown multiple times, and like I said, I've coached for a long time. I've been around a lot of wins, bad losses, great losses, upsets, championships, a gut ring, all those good things. And sometimes the attacks on coaches are just are just mind-boggling. It's like because there are things they are calling and trying to do, and then a player just doesn't make them. And that's but then also crazy. We're also saying that Parker probably deserves the biggest part of the blame on the pie chart. So that's why there's like such a yin and yang to this whole thing. Because um, he exactly because he it's like, but this is just the whole flow of all this stuff since the spring you know, with the, you know, the Buckner and the Hartman battle and now it's Hartman and it's, you know, it's just coordinating things. And did they get too comfortable? Let's be honest. Were they too comfortable after the first four games where remember they become, when you go back to the uh, South Carolina game last year, the first Notre Dame team in the history of Notre Dame football, five straight games with 40 plus points. Yeah. And now they can't even get 40 damn yards on a drive. So yeah. it, it's frustrating. Yeah. My biggest disappointment with Hartman is that we thought he was going to be the truck to fix a lot of these issues. And he's just, he's not that guy. Um, He's a fine quarterback, but he is not, maybe he's like a, uh, he is like a, like a compact truck, like a midside little truck, but he's not, he's no F two fifty, bro. That's, that's a disappointing kind of element. Um, to me for this season so um, but is that you know that's I mean the whole chicken and the egg right it's like do you need do you need a wide receiver that you this is very much a chicken or the egg situation I agree is I agree. it the, is it the, you know does the quarterback you know how does the quarterback get guys open you know it's like and he's trying to throw it, it a lot of it also kind of it's just a it's just a, a trust issue when you watch Hartman and that's what's, you know, it's frustrating as a, as a Notre Dame fan watching them, like there isn't trust at times to throw that ball up. So it's crazy, man. It's, it's been a crazy seven and three season so far. No kidding. Colin. Um, good to see you Colin. $10 super chat says Mike, Tim, can you guys touch on the lack of depth and speed? We have skill positions. How can we fix it? Um, national championship contenders don't have walk-on lacrosse players getting reps or receiver. Listen, the whole walk-on lacrosse thing, like he had a, I mean, like he had a, some, he had a couple P five offers for football. I, I mean, the whole Jordan phase on discussion is not really relevant, um, to this. He's not the, he's not the problem. And we can have the part that yeah. we can have a discussion that he's playing. And that's a part of the problem that Notre Dame needs him to play, but like, we can't dog on Jordan phase on for, I don't think I don't think he's dogging on him. He's saying as a depth issue, as a once again a recruiting issue, a Notre Dame issue. Why is Faison out there? Now he's talented. Me personally, he more than deserves it. So he is an athletic. He can play football. So the the biggest question is how the hell is he not out there all the time? I'm not saying 73 snaps, but it's like get him out there more. He runs the jet sweep, and he obviously has shake. He's got wiggle. 
he's got more wiggle than Chris Tyree does. So yeah, it's does. like the guy can move and and as a coach, how in the heck do you not see that? The, the, these guys like they're sitting in their rooms watching film. Do you not see who is the best athlete in the room? Uh, it's wild. So obviously yeah. the depth thing, going back to Colin's point, is it's it's recruiting. It's it's been a myth. Mike Singer's talked about literally just three dead classes when you look at it's 19, the, 20, and 21. Just dead. And, and then one and 22 with Tobias. One with one and Tobias. And to me, it's so many similar players at receiver, right? They they're all doing very similar things. They're either possession guys, big-bodied possession guys, but aren't deep guys, or the Faison Tyree who are speedy, but they're you know they're not um, contested ball downfield catch guys, um, you know with with speed. So that's the biggest problem for me is that when you're asking Rico Flores to be your Z receiver, dude, you're pushing the ball downfield to him. That's not that that's not his game. So I will say on the the whole walk-on thing, how about Stetson Bennett was a walk-on, I believe. And he was a Jordan. He was a starting quarterback on a championship team or two. There's plenty plenty of walk-ons. What about that Clemson receiver, Hunter Renfro? He was a walk-on as well. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's plenty of guys out there, but it's like, it's just, it's the recruiting, which, is exhausting. I mean, we're going to talk about this next year, Mike, 2024. We're going to be like, we're going to overhype the living hell out of Cam Williams and Gilbert and Saldate. Oh, these guys are the next, they're still going to be freshmen. Are they going to hit a wall? Are they going to, uh, you know, they haven't done Notre Dame weightlifting, Notre Dame conditioning. So are their hamstrings going to get sore? That's, that's another thing. My God, Mike Goolsby trains all the time. Write that down on a sticky note for Mike to talk about. How in the world does everyone have a hamstring injury? So are they stretching? And uh, which is crazy at Notre Dame. So to think that Cam Williams is going to come and be a Michael Floyd, I hope he is because he's got that ability. But it's a freshman. Are they going to hit a wall yeah. at certain points next season? You know, hell, I mean, if if Cam Williams were on this roster, we would see him. Like, oh, yeah. I think Ross brings up a good point. Faison is the perfect slot guy. I need big, fast bodies on the outside. We have one guy who fits that profile and he can't play. Talking about Merriweather, there's so many perfect slot guys like Tyree, Faison, Flores, Great House. Great has what three or four touchdowns at slot before They're he got all slot guys to me. Um, yeah, Ross also brings up Braylon James. I like this Ross guy. Um, Ross, hang out more with his brother. Um, like Braylon James. I, I mean, going back to the preseason, like remove. I've said this before, Tim. Last time is before, before we got to move on, unless you have some quick. Yeah, is sure. if you think back to the summer, you know, Tobias Merriweather stretching the field, Jaden Thomas as your next Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool type. You know, Chris Tyree, what he can do in the short game from the slot with his speed. And then you've got these young guns. Like, it, 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 there was promise. It just has gone bad. And then De- Deion Colsey, you know, it's just another veteran piece. It's just gone bad. Injuries, yeah. um, not stepping up. It, it just has not, not gone well. Cool. Hey, so. going back to that 2021 class, so much problem. You got Colsey and Styles, basically two top 100 guys. 
Colsey. And how many times, I mean, after game, after our live post games last year, Mike, like, holy crap, Deion Colsey, another two catches, two first yeah. downs, coming along, became that guy. Thomas was the best wide receiver on the team at the end of last year. Both those guys are non-existent. I mean, Lorenzo Styles, you know, can we get him back? <laughs> I mean, he had, what, 50, 60 catches over, over his two seasons, gone. So – there's a lot of dead recruiting or a you know roster, and then two years in a row, really no transfer portal guys. Are there any? It's it stinks at Notre Dame because it's a grad transfer, Mike. And going back to Sam Hartman, if you're a dude, you're going to the NFL. How many elite fifth year grad transfers are floating around college football? So yeah. that's a yeah. tough spot to be in. I wanted to note on Clemson, so. As I was watching the game, I kept hearing names on the screen, like names, all these Clemson players. I'm like, I have never wa- – and I've been covering Notre Dame for a, few, for a few years now. I think this is my fifth season, fourth, fifth season. I've not watched a Notre Dame game where the opposing team had as many former Notre Dame targets slash commits, yeah. whatever, as Clemson. It was crazy. I, I just – as I was watching the game, I started taking notes. Cade Klubnick, Notre Dame did not offer, but Notre Dame liked him a lot before it offered Angeli. Okay. So they they really like Klubnik, didn't offer him. Bo Collins, the receiver, huge Notre Dame target. Will Shipley, do you remember, you know, the daily reporting on the various websites during COVID about Will Shipley? It literally was every day. I was on a walk where he committed. I'll never forget that during that COVID time. Phil Moffa, Notre Dame, didn't offer. But I was at one of Moffa's practices when he was a senior in high school, and Lance Taylor was also there. Notre Dame was very much scouting Phil Moffa. Andrew Makuba, the safety. Troy Stiletto, receiver. Khalil Barnes, you talked about the safety. Yep. Um, I went and saw him last fall from Sewell, Athens. The freshman right guard out of Plano, Texas, out of you know Permian. I so, loved him. I thought he was one of the I best didn't guards. Even mention him. I, I, I didn't write yep. him down. I forgot about him. Colin Sadler went to his farm twice um, to hang out with that family. They just kind of – I don't know. I just got tied with that family, and they were awesome people. That's cool. Um, Sadler picked Clemson over Notre Dame. Jaden Lucas, another kid from the Greenville area, cornerback. Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter, the linebackers. Peter mm-hmm. Jones, defensive lineman. Kate Denhoff, really like Notre Dame, defensive end from Florida. Ronan Hannafin, I liked Notre Dame for a while uh, in that recruitment. Hannafin picked Clemson over Notre Dame. Antonio Williams, a receiver. Shrod Coville, a defensive back. How about Chris Vizina? I talked about him a lot last year, yep. and then Tristan Lay, um, an offensive lineman, and there's probably others. Um, and so that it's really interesting. Like, I, I I haven't seen a lot of Notre Dame fans hate Clemson, um, because I think there's a respect. Like, Notre Dame recruits a certain kid and profile, right? You have the, uh, academics, character, all that stuff. Like, Clemson is recruiting the same kids as Notre Dame, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that was a side note I wanted to talk about in my uh, post game show with Kyle. Um, that well, you know, good games, and that and that's the other thing you got the, game, them, yeah. the games that these guys have played against each other have been good football games. Yeah, you know, big impact games. Even this game, you know, we could sit here as Notre Dame fans and say, "Well, they're four and four. I'm telling you, I watched their games, Clemson this year. Man, they. They lead the country in fumbles, man. If you just take away a couple fumbles, they're seven and one in this football game. Easy. They blew a fourth quarter lead against Miami and just choked that one away. Multiple games, and Dabo kept saying it like, you know, you know, we're paying for you know kicking everyone's butt for the last ten years and their fumbleitis at times. And 
he knew all it took was one game of just winning the turnover margin. And who would have thought Notre Dame, who's been elite this year in turnover margin, loses it against Clemson, and there's the ball game. Yeah. I mean, the pick six, pick six, the fumble. I agree. It's, it's like, I what said the this. Hell? How Notre Dame beat Clemson last year is how Clemson beat Notre Dame this year. Without a doubt. Clemson, offense, a little bit of offense, lots of defense, special teams. Yep. Pick six two years in a row. I mean, you know, people like, all oh, the pick six. Well, Notre Dame gave got one this year with uh, Xavier Watts running down to the two. So that's a sure. wash. It's the, sure. the Tyree punt um, and just the inconsistencies of just Sam Hartman in that second half. Yeah. But not even that, but, you know, just, just one last second tidbit on – on Parker is Freeman's this constant O-line, D-line driven program. You know, Freeman's always talking about, we got to challenge everything. It's like, all right, well, Freeman, I'll, I like to challenge Marcus Freeman. How in the hell is you as the head coach give, give one of the premier running backs in the country three touches in the second half in a one-score game? One, Notre Dame goes 75 yards to make it a one-score game, and then eh, we're not going to give him the ball anymore. It's frustrating. Beat Wake. That's what Notre Dame season's down to now. Beat Wake Forest. Let's go. Oof. Okay. A couple super chats, and then um, that's kind of where we're going next. ND Nation says, will Taco Bell help our offense? Absolutely. It'll give the Irish offense that gas they need. You like that? <laughs> oh, that's a good that. commercial right there. That, that's the commercial you got to send that clip to the headquarters and say, come on. <laughs> There you go. Thanks for the super chat. Mike Nolan, five dollars. Is that I assume offensive identity is power running team? Then why isn't that complemented with more play action? Only right. two. I think it was more than thirty. It was two out of thirty. Uh, he writes in the super chat. We're pa- Saturday or pa- uh, play action. You know, I was thinking like, what year was it where Notre Dame was? Was it twenty? Was it just last year? Or the year before? I don't remember. It was like no, with Kyron. It was just dude, run, run. It was it was just so conservative with Reese, 13, 14 personnel, and they got the job done. They just, you know, that that was the identity, and that's just not it. This this offense just doesn't really have an identity. Their identity is just inconsistency, really. Yeah. No, exactly. And that, you know, I'll just say it's 2021, let's say, with Kyron Williams, where they would feed him a ton. But then once they learned, see, and this is what kills me about this coaching staff. You know, people want to hammer Reese and all that stuff, but once they learned what they had in Jack Cohn. They did some tempo. They did way more RPOs, true RPO, not zone read. I'm talking RPO hitch, RPO slant, RPO speed outs, things of that. We've seen Sam Hartman run those this year and complete them. That's what got Notre Dame rolling a lot that year. And with this year, we just don't – you don't see any of that stuff off of the play action. And going back to my point, just the one running play, like every time a guard pulls, everyone in the stadium – Everyone on defense knows it's a run. I could just close my eyes, pin my ears back, and go a thousand miles an hour right into my gap and just stuff the run like crazy. And the fact there's not even a play action dump to somebody is it's exhausting. And obviously the Notre Dame Notre Dame fans see it and are pissed off. Let's just be honest. They are. Yeah. Just reading the chat real quick. Drunk Vigos wanted to talk about Jack Cohn and like listen. If this offense had Kevin Austin, give me two of Kevin Austin, hell, even Joe Wilkins, um, and uh, Braden Lindsay. I mean, I'd be over the moon. Yeah, that even that schedule was uh, that was not a good schedule. So no. it's it's apples and oranges for me. No, no, it is, and that and that had a good group of wide receivers. 
compared to this group. I mean, yeah, yeah no, we weren't we weren't thrilled about that year's receiver no, but, either. I mean, hey, real quick, here's a good stat. Everyone likes when Tim Hyde brings up a stat. You, do you? I mean, this is crazy. I I, I went on the the Not all the game good. log. Hey, the last check this out. The last wide receiver to catch a hundred yards in a regular season game. Kevin Austin at Stanford in 2021. Who was the head coach back then? Uh, some guy, Brian Kelly. But um, that's crazy. It's been that long. 2000 at Stanford. Obviously, they I think Tyree Austin all had 100 in the Fiesta Bowl, but regular season football game, Stanford, 2021. That last game of that yeah. season. That is nuts. So Tim, talking about nine and three. How do you kind of put like let's say Notre Dame goes nine and three? Just looking at the regular season, the bowl game, I mean, that could play, but looking at just the regular season, is nine and three a failure to you? Yeah, I mean, how is it not? I mean, yeah, right? I, I mean, agree. Just be brutally honest. Who's, who's gonna sit here and say, Man, that's a hell of you know, Relia Quest bowl? That's pretty awesome, guys. Wait, what the hell's a Relia Quest anyway? Pop tart, I could do. I, I eat pop tarts all the time. What's a Relia Quest? Is that a financial firm? I have no idea. Yeah, someone says, "Am I on a boat? Is Relia Quest a boat? Get, get get a sponsor for me." But it's like, I yeah yeah yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, I I had Notre Dame ten and two with you know um, I had a lot. I had them losing. I had them losing two out of the three to the big three. I had them uh, losing to Ohio State because Ohio State's got better football players. And it showed in the last four minutes. I predicted uh, Notre Dame to outduel Caleb Williams 40 to 30 in August. That was my score. I said Dabo's going to get his revenge at Clemson. And sure enough, he did. And remember, I, which everyone laughed at me, I said, the hardest game on the schedule this year is going to be Louisville. Just because I think Jeff Brom's a hell of a football coach. That place was going to be a freak show. And I predicted Notre Dame to win 31 30 in, in our preseason. So I had. 10 and 2 with a one point blip. So close to nine and three. Um, but yeah, it's a disappointment. It it yeah. is a it is a disappointment. Yeah, I'm with you. And then you win a bowl game, can make it a little bit better, right? Especially if, I think if you beat sure. an LSU. I mean, it goes back to like you know, like, like if Notre Dame plays LSU in the Relia Quest Bowl, which oh, is a force multiplier of security teams to increase visibility. Decrease okay. complexity and manage risk through gray matter security operations. I thought boats. Rely quest sound like a boat. Gray um, matter? Are we talking Breaking Bad? Gray matter for all the Breaking Bad fans out there. I haven't seen that show in a decade. What a, so what a gray show. matter. Gray matter. So so there you go. We got a uh, Walter White's original company is going to sponsor a Notre if, Dame bowl game. This if is awesome. you go ten and three and you beat a nice team in the bowl game, like. It does send you off on a good note, but you go nine and four oh, and lose the LSU. Oh my God, Mike, 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 we're going to shut the show down for like a month because we will not, we will not, by the way, if Notre Dame, if Notre Dame goes, let's just say, Oh, you win the bowl game and you're 10 and three, it's going to feel like 2017 Notre Dame was number three in the country. And then they got boat raced against Miami and, and, uh, you know, wet the bed at Stanford couple weeks later that's what that's what this feels like to me because you're just a tip a freaking tip away dude i don't think people realize if he just gets that ball over jadarian price rolls in for a touchdown they beat ohio state 21 10 then you get the drop pick by d 
DJ Brown is trying to do his best Pete Burchett's from 1993. Poor Pete. And then the 10 on the field, you know, we will talk about that for 3,000 years. So you're, you're, you're this freaking close to beating the number one team in the country, and you're going to go 9-3 and three and play in, you know, Walter White's bowl game? It's like crazy. <laughs> All right, so Tim, we're doing a lot of bitching and complaining. I love it. What's what's what is giving you optimism? Oh God, really? I mean, hey, what is giving me optimism? Um, hopefully, these young football players keep getting better. Hopefully, you know, I always go with the great loose emoji. A third of every class is going to flop. So, hopefully. You know, it's not the ones you expect. <laughs> it's not the ones you need, like Cam Williams, for crying out loud. Please don't flop there. But um, uh, those guys, good football players coming in over the last, you know, we got some. By the way, Jalen Sneed, how, once again, that dude is an athlete times 10 when he's on the football field, an absolute playmaker. So you got him, a ton of freshmen have played this year. We're going to see a lot of freshmen play from that class. But what really scares the hell out of me, Mike, is now we are two years in a row where Marcus Freeman has gone three and three in a stretch. There were three and three last year after Stanford. There's three and three from Ohio State to Clemson. That I I I, I don't understand that. That is um if he goes if he has a three and three stretch in, next year in year four, can't start him. I, I wish I wish him well. Because mm. it's gonna be tough. Yeah, year three is a it's a biggie. So Tim, I think we will put it there. Good hour of chit chatting about Notre Dame football. Tim and I actually have uh, another video to record here shortly. Some potential good news around the horizon for the fighting Irish um that uh, we will talk about. So um you'll get to see that on the YouTube channel <clears throat> at Blue and Gold. Um, potentially sometime in the next few days. Um, so we are going to sign off this show. Please hit that thumbs up before you get out of here. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. Head to blueandgold.com for more Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Let's see the video lineup the next few days. I think I'll be have I'll have a couple of videos, one or two videos tomorrow with Darren Pritchett. Our recruiting live show is being moved to Friday morning. Um, uh, and I think as we get into the off season and Kyle and I aren't traveling for Friday games, that's going to be where our, our, our recruiting show will be Friday mornings. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see, no post game, no weekend shows. Um, I definitely will not be doing a Sunday show with ghouls B because um, so Tim last night, I took Tuesday off yeah. my local soccer team, Atlanta United um, had a playoff game. It's a best of three series. We beat Columbus. So now the Sunday, our next game to decide the series is Sunday night at seven. So you're not going to catch me doing a show. Um, there, there's just no chance in hell. Um, so uh, I will probably be sulking after another Patriots loss. That's going to be my Sunday. What's their record now? Who cares? I mean, seriously. <laughs> does, does, does it matter? It's like watching Notre Dame football this year. So there you go. So there you go. Well, yeah, that's going to sign us off. So. Um, yeah, it was not Tim. It was not a great sports weekend for for me. Notre Dame losing, yeah. Liverpool tied with a terrible team, um, and then who, uh, oh, wait, 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 exactly. Before we leave, who would have thought? Jared, who would have thought Jared Parker would score more points on offense than than Coach McDaniel's and freaking um, 
It's the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Not what great. Happened? Coach Parker had a better offense. Who would have thought, Mike? So uh, that's going to do it. <laughs> well, and Folks, the, the, appreciate, appreciate you. And as always, we will catch you next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.